On today's Lockdown Mavs, we're talking about Eurobasket. Starting this morning, today, depending on when you're listening to this on a Thursday. And we'll talk a little bit about this GM survey that came out on ESPN. Nick talked about it yesterday, but I got a few thoughts on it myself. Coming up on today's Locked On Mavs. And this is Locked On Mavs Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Locked On Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris, half of Locked On Mavs, contributor to Mavs.com. Riding solo today. Nick was riding solo yesterday. And yeah, thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. Go make another Locked On podcast because I'm a company man. Uh, one of your second listens for today. I'm sure we have some of the football. If you're ready for football, I'm ready for some fantasy football to get started. Uh, have a draft this weekend. I'm excited for it. But uh, go listen to Locked On NFL if you want to get ready for the NFL season. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, comment below anything, anything below. Comment something about Eurobasket. Today, uh, you're listening to this on a Thursday. And Eurobasket is finally here. It feels weird that we started the offseason and we're like, man, let's just get to Eurobasket. Like, let's just get to September 1st and we get to watch Luca play basketball and uh, see all these great players uh, play some basketball. It feels like we haven't, it feels like the Warriors Celtics at the same time was yesterday, but it feels like three years ago at the same time. So I'm ready for some good basketball in my life. I'm ready for some Luka Doncic. Uh, we're going to talk about Eurobasket today. We're also going to talk about this GM thing survey on ESPN. I know Nick talked about it a little bit yesterday, uh, but I'm going to share a few more thoughts on it um, because, you know, I got I got to share some of my opinions on it. Uh, but yeah, what should we talk about first? What, Barb, what should we talk about first? The survey or should we talk about Eurobasket? Option two. She, she scared the talk on the pot. Uh, my wife's in the room doing some work. And uh, so, yeah, we had to get her input. So she says option two. So we're going to talk about Eurobasket first. So if you listen to this on a Thursday morning before 10, let's just say 10 o'clock central time, then there's still time to turn on Slovenia's first game because opening tip, first game for them against Lithuania. Okay, so one of uh, I'm so intrigued. So I'm titled this pod five players I'm, I want to watch in Eurobasket. Um, I don't know if it's going to be five. It's just that's the titles that you need to put on things like blog posts or slideshows on Bleacher Report or podcasts uh, because some for some reason people like numbers like that or like rankings. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna throw out some names today that I'm I'm ready to watch in Eurobasket. And uh, but one of the spoiler, one of the uh, people on that list is actually a tandem. I'm kind of ready to watch Sabonis and Valanciunas for Lithuania. I just think it's just a fun pairing. One, I love watching international basketball. I love seeing the passion, the team chemistry. Some of these teams have some of these teams have been playing together for so long. And I just really enjoy watching that kind of basketball. But I do think the front court pairing of, of Sabonis and uh, Valanciunas would be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's something unique. And uh, yeah, I mean, Luca in them's first game against them, 
Uh, I think it's 10.05, 10.15, somewhere through there, uh, central time uh, on ESPN+. Plus. So if you are trying to figure out, hey, how do I watch this game? How do I watch Slovenia and Eurobasket? Um, yeah, ESPN Plus is the way to go. How do you want to keep up, you know, if you want some type of companion uh, podcast to keep up during Eurobasket, then you're at the right spot because Nick and myself are going to cover all the games, kind of just like their Mavericks games for the most part. Uh, we've got a game or two over the weekend. Um, but let's just look at their group for a second. So got to rock the Slovenian scarf today uh, because, uh, yeah, I got the, always got the Luka Slovenia jersey back here on my bookshelf, but. Uh, their group, they did not get um, lucky, if we want to say that, as far as their group in Eurobasket, because these are the teams in their group, Lithuania, Germany, Bosnia, Hungary, France, and Slovenia. Um, yeah, it's not a very good draw. Okay. So we know how good France is. We know the NBA players that are, that is on France, right? Rudy Gobert, um, Evan Fournier, uh, Google him if you don't you know, know him. Um, you know, they, they have different guys on their team as far as different pros and stuff, some young guys too. So we know how good France is, right? But then you look across and it's like, all right, Lithuania, they got some NBA players and they have Sabonis. They have Valanchunas like we talked about. Um, then you have Germany, right? Like, I mean, Dennis Schroeder had a big game the other day. I know some Mavs fans are trying to entertain. It's like, man, should we pick up Dennis Schroeder? Like, is that is that somebody we should pick up as like that secondary ball handler, the third guard off the bench? Um, I don't know if I'm there right now, but um, anyway, they're not uh, they're not an easy out. I mean, Franz Wagner. Uh, I don't think Mo's on the team. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think Mo's on the team. Uh, but Man, I, I'm excited to see Franz Wagner. I love seeing some of these young guys play in international basketball too. But uh, obviously, uh, Nurkic is playing for Bosnia. Um, Hungary, I don't know anybody on their team. So um, shout out to that squad. But man, this is a really tough group. Like when you look at some of the other groups uh, and it, I know the kind of natural thing to do is like, all right, well, who's, um, who's the NBA players in these groups and stuff. But you start going across some of the other groups and it's like, all right, group A, you know, it's like, all right, you got Spain, you know, some guys are playing for Spain, Turkey. Um, and then you start looking at some of these other groups down through there. And it's like, all right, does Slovenia really get a bad draw on this? Because you look at Giannis and Greece and them and it's like, all right, Estonia, shout out to the guy who talked trash to Luca. That was hilarious. Um, Ukraine, Great Britain, Italy, we know the Gallinari entry, so it doesn't look like he's going to be playing. Croatia is always pretty good, uh, obviously Bogdanovic. And then you look at, you know, Serbia and Jokic, and then it's like, all right, y'all got Israel, Czech Republic, you have Poland, Finland, Netherlands, you know, you got marketing playing for, for Finland. Um, I just think Group B is just by, by far like a runaway for the hardest group out there. So we're going to get games against each of these teams in the group coming up over the next week or so. And, and they should be a lot of fun, especially their last game. Slovenia's last game in this like first round in, in this group stage is against France. And Nick and I, were, we were looking at the schedule and stuff. I'm like, man, that game could mean a lot. You know, that could mean a ton with it being the very last game there. So it's already going to be a big game. Luka Doncic, best player in Eurobasket. Oh, okay. I, if you want to argue him, him or Giannis. But Slovenia, good team. A lot of chemistry on the team. We obviously know Goran Dragic is playing in this. Um, 
didn't wasn't going to play in it. Now he's there. Uh, now he's going to play in it. Um, so man, it's just so exciting. It, it's exciting to have basketball uh, back in our lives. So make sure you're watching on, on ESPN Plus. Um, who's some other guys that I'm really wanting to uh, watch in Eurobasket? One, Tyler Dorsey. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not moving meetings around at work to watch Tyler Dorsey play on Greece, but. I am intrigued because he's had a couple of good games with them, you know, with Greece leading up to Eurobasket. Obviously, Giannis is the guy to watch. He's if you're making a top five, you know, three players everybody's dying to watch. Three players that everybody's going to turn their TV on, TVs on the watch that you're going to try to make time in your schedule to watch is Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Giannis. And which is crazy to think about because in, in a sense that Jokic back-to-back MVP before that Giannis back-to-back MVP a favorite this year Luka Doncic like if Luka goes out and has this monster NBA season and wins MVP you're looking at the past three MVPs right here like if it's not this year it's coming up soon sometime over the next three years Luka's probably going to win an MVP unless I'm just being biased um which I admit I can be when it comes to Luka in, in Dallas but it's just wild that you're looking at a Eurobasket tournament like this and, and you can honestly say, hey, these are like three of the best players, three of the top six players, three of the top five players, three of the top seven players, however you want to say it, in the entire world that's playing in this tournament in Giannis Jokic and Luka. So I'm obviously, man, Luka's the number one player for me. I want to watch Serbia. I love watching Jokic play basketball. I, I love seeing Giannis play with his brothers on the, you know, for Greece. And we could see Tyler Dorsey, two-way guy for the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, just see what he looks like. You know, we're not expecting anything huge from a two-way guy this uh, upcoming season, but he's been playing well. He can shoot the ball. And uh, if Greece is on and you turn it on to watch Giannis play, then you might as well watch Tyler Dorsey. And obviously, I want to watch Sabonis and uh, Valanciunas. I say five players, but honestly, I'm going to watch it whenever I can, uh, any of these games for the most part. Now, I'm probably not you know, tuning in for um, some no-namers that I don't know, but uh, if there's some of these guys that I know, I'm going to tune in for it because uh, some of this basketball is going to be a lot of fun. You can obviously follow um, some people there on the ground that uh, we're friends with that we know. Tim McMahon, ESPN, has spent a week there in Slovenia. He's been tweeting about it. Uh, he's there on the ground covering it in Europe at Eurobasket. Callie Kaplan's there from the Dallas Morning News, so she's going to be covering it there. So you guys already know this. You're already following them on Twitter, but make sure you follow them as they give updates there from uh, the arena and all of that. But uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. I know Nick's excited for it. We're excited to cover it uh, from uh, for Lockdown Mavs. Shout out, we need content. So thanks for the content, Eurobasket. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. Go Slovenia. Hopefully we're covering a, uh, a win against Lithuania. I'm going to predict right now, Slovenia wins by 16 against Lithuania. Maybe that's too much. All right, let me lower it a little bit. Uh, let me say they win by nine against Lithuania. There you go. Slovenia takes game one, the group stage. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back because I got to talk about this survey a little bit. This pod is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro college football betting needs and sports info this season. College football started up. You guys know this. If you're a fan of college football, NFL is coming up. 
There's all kinds of things you could place bets on. Um, I could lie and say Eurobasket's on there. I don't know if Eurobasket's on there or not, but that would be kind of fun to place the bets on if you are into betting. Find all your latest football developments. Just talked about that. Shout out to the ad read. Game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening. It went off my screen. Um, the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. There you go. Head to, head to betonline.net. All right. Let's keep going. What do we want to talk about next? We want to talk about the survey. We want to talk about the slam article. Actually, let's talk about the slam article real quick. If that's cool with you guys. What a cool uh, story for slam kicks that uh, I don't have a ton on this, but I just think it's worth mentioning. Uh, Lucas. Luca's shoes. You know, Luca was featured there in the Slam Kicks magazine. Uh, if you guys do not follow Luca Don Kicks on Twitter, you have to. Okay, um, just a great follow on social media. It gives all the latest updates. If you care about shoes, you care about Luca's signature shoes. Uh, you need to follow that account. All right, given all the updates. Um, but yeah, I think this article is so cool to read because it, it kind of, we've talked about the signature shoe stuff so much, uh, just how big of a deal it was. I've mentioned before on the pod how, you know, I used to work for Nike. My wife here in the room, she used to work for Nike. And I remember uh, I was working for Nike when um, Kyrie, I think it was Kyrie, it could have been Paul George. Now I'm, now I'm confusing it. One of those two. Uh, became a signature athlete. And it was such a big deal internally. I remember when you know, it was announced and the price point of it. And both shoes were reasonably priced, uh, especially the PGs. But it was it, it was just such a big deal because Nike, Jordan brand, they don't hand out these signature shoes that often. There's a lot of PEs, a lot of player exclusives to where you take a shoe, like you take a popular, um, a, a regular, I don't know how else to say it, uh, shoe with Nike or Jordan, and then you kind of throw your own logo on there. You've seen Luca do a lot of, lot of that over the past year or so. Taking some of these Jordan brands, the elements or, um, you know, some of the, yeah, and putting his logo on it and having different colorways. Those are PEs. The Luca ones are an actual signature shoe. And to see that article written uh, for Slam Kicks uh, was really cool. And uh, so go read it if you can. There's a lot talking about his trip in Paris. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw the the pictures of him and Zion uh, in, in Paris doing the Jordan brand kind of um, tour there. Uh, he talks about a little bit that natural habitat Luca ones coming out in the colorway uh, of his home city there in, in Slovenia. So it's... Um, it's just cool hearing him talk about it. It's, it is such a big deal. It's cool reading. Uh, we don't really focus on Luca's global uh, fan base too much because, you know, we're locked up maps. We, Nick and myself both lived here in Dallas and we go to a lot of, you know, almost all the home games for the Mavs and covered Luca ever since he came into the league. And so we, we have, I think sometimes we get this outside of Eurobasket or the Olympics or you know whatever it is we kind of get this or at least for me it i kind of forget about the global audience sometimes because i'm so focused i live in this this dallas city bubble here to where i only see luca in this dallas scene that um we got to remember the global fan base of luka Doncic, and it's just really cool to read about that read about his luka ones they're going to be coming out um you know the actual um some of these it, 
specific colorways will be coming out. I think some team issued shoes, even Luka Doncic uh, on Twitter tweeted about it, about some of the team um, colorways might be coming out and hitting stores here uh, fairly soon. But some of the launch Jordans, I don't think they have a launch date yet. But um, anyway, we'll launch Luka ones. Should be a lot of fun. I'm sure he'll debut some and uh, play in them at Eurobasket. And uh, we'll all be, or at least I will, be uh, watching what shoes he pulls out. So, um yeah, let's go back to this ESPN GM survey here. So um, every year they do a poll. Tim Bobtins did it for uh, ESPN this year. And uh, he shoots out this poll to – it's a panel of 15 NBA, NBA coaches, scouts, and executives. And he asks them questions, important offseason news, what to expect heading to the season, um, some award stuff, and all of this. And uh, there are a couple of them I wanted to uh, focus on. First off, the first question is, who's the best player in the NBA right now? Now, I know, I know Nick talked about this a little yesterday, but I, my question is, how soon before we see Luka get a vote on this? Because there are only three players who got votes. Giannis ran away with it as the best player in the NBA. Then Steph, then LeBron. Shout out to the one guy who gave LeBron a vote. Uh, did Rob Palinka have a vote? Um, hold on, let me see if Mark Jackson... No, I don't think Mark Jackson had a vote. But um, is it next year that Luka Doncic gets a vote for the best player in NBA, like right now? I'm trying to think. I think if Luka can win MVP, he would definitely get a get a vote. He has to get the LeBron vote next year, right? Like he, I just think we're a year away. I think we're a year away, and he's getting some of these votes. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Giannis ran away with it, just because I feel like Steph would have gotten a few more votes coming out the finals. Um, Jokic not being on here two back-to-back -back MVP, but anyway, it's just 15 people. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But, uh, that was one of my things is like, Oh, I wonder how long it's going to take until, uh, Luca's, uh, on this. Now the best player in five years for the NBA, obviously Luca was second in that with Giannis getting seven votes, uh, Luca six, Jason Tatum two. I, I love all of those three guys. I actually agree with those three guys. I'm a big John Morant fan. So I don't, we'll see. When it comes to like Tatum, but I think it's Luca and Giannis, hands down. There you go. Um, Cade Cunningham, maybe I'm a big Cade guy, so um, be curious to see what happens with uh, with Cade Cunningham there. But uh, who will MV MVP this season? Luka Doncic coming in second with this, but he was tied with Joel Embiid at four votes, Giannis at five votes. If Giannis can win this MVP, I what type of elite status all time will he enter into getting his third MVP? I think that's a question. I think it's a question. Kane Pittman for locked on bucks uh, talked about the other day on his pod. And I, I thought that was really interesting of just the elite status Giannis could get to uh, if he won his third MVP, but uh, Luca, yeah, pulled in four four votes tied for second on this. I mean, I feel like we've seen this before. We've seen the um, Luca, favored to win MVP. We've seen this over the past year or so. He's a popular pick and it's just a matter of time. Like if you told me right now that like when will Luca win MVP or put a like a year time frame on it. I think it's sometime over the next 3 years, right? Like I mean I think that's the if it's not next year, it's probably the year after that. Sometime over these next 3 years, I think Luca's going to win one of these MVP awards and uh it's not a it's not an if. It's a matter of a win for Luka Doncic. Let's take one more quick break, and then we'll be back uh, because I got to talk about this uh, worst offseason question that uh, everybody uh, voted for the Dallas Mavericks on.
insert cool music coming out of um ad break that nick has that i don't all right so uh best rookie in five years just kind of going through the survey here uh palo and chet got six votes each um going palo on that uh you know how much I'm all in on Paolo Bancaro. Uh, he was my pick, number one overall pick before the draft. Um, so I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good about that right now. Which team will Kevin Durant be on the day after the trade deadline? Brooklyn Nets ran away with this vote. That kind of surprised me, to be honest. Um, I don't think he's going to be a net past the trade deadline. So um, I'm going against the grain on this one. That's surprising because they got 13 out of the 15 votes says the Nets passed the trade deadline. It's kind of surprising to me. I guess they're banking on them being uh, really good. So uh, he won't want out. Um, which team will Donovan Mitchell be on the day after the trade deadline? New York Knicks got 14 votes. The Jazz got one vote. Uh, yeah, it just feels like the Knicks thing is inevitable at this point, right? Like, I mean, heard some Cavs buzz that I'm sure we all read about and some other teams, but it's hard to decipher what's real and what's not like, it's hard to decipher what's, you know, what's coming out from the, you know, the jazz side. That's like, Hey, we got other, we got other teams, you know, involved here or we got other teams, other offers that we like too. So it, it just feels like a Danny Ainge ploy or, um, you know, leak to try to get the Knicks to up, up their offer. And the Knicks are probably like, Hey, everybody knows that, uh, Donovan wants to come to us, so why are we going to pay everything? Um, so, yeah, it feels like it's inevitable from a Mavs angle. We've talked about this a 100,000 times is, all right, so what's the fallout of this? Is there more Jazz players that's going out? Is there a Knicks player like a Derrick Rose or somebody you know could go somewhere else? So um, since Durant is staying for now, it looks like we're all just waiting for the Donovan Mitchell trade to happen at some point before training camp. Um, which team had the best offseason? Boston Celtics got six votes. I get it. I know Gallinari got hurt, um, but this probably happened before the, the Gallo uh, injury. But taking a final team like the Celtics um, that probably needed some depth and you added Brogdon, added Gallinari, huge offseason for them. So I get it. Um, Sixers, two votes. Okay, sure. I literally wrote down on my notes, Utah Jazz got two, two votes for the best offseason. Ha ha. I get it. I get I get what you're saying when it comes to they traded Rudy Gobert for five first round picks or whatever it was. That's a win. Yes, I, I, I get that. I just can't give somebody like a winner of the offseason when they're going to suck. And that's my only thing. It's like I can't. How are we? How are we saying that they're they had the best? How did somebody vote for them to have the best offseason? It felt like they just made the the best out of their situation, which isn't always like the best of the offseason of all the teams. It's like, okay, cool. You were in a sticky, crappy situation, so you made lemonade out of lemons. Congrats. But there's a lot of other better drinks out there besides lemonade. So I that's just my only thing with it. I don't really get that. Um, how the Hawks got a vote for the best offseason. Don't understand that one either. Um, yeah, the next one's the one I want to focus on. Which team had the best, which team had the worst offseason? Uh, Dallas ran away with this one with six votes. Hornets had three votes. Um, Hornets, like, can they even help? Like, we know the situation that they're dealing with with Miles Bridges, but was that their fault? I don't think it was their fault, but I guess they can get votes for that. Um, 
Mavs got six votes. So here's this. Here's my only question for um, Mavs fans who could be upset about this, or I'm like, we didn't have that bad of offseason. Or you, my initial reaction when I look at it, my initial reaction is, well, who else is going to get the votes? Like everybody, like they got asked, they had to pick a team. So who else are they going to pick? Like it feels like the Mavericks were just the team by default. That. I wonder if some, even the quote that the, the anonymous quote that they got from somebody, it was just like, it, it didn't even say that they were going to be bad. So I don't, I don't think you should take this and saying, all right, they had the worst off season. So that means they're going to suck or be so much worse. I'm not taking it as that because the voters are not really saying that. I just think they had to pick somebody because Dallas was the team who lost, who lost the highest profile free agent, right? Like Brunson is probably the best guy who changed teams so far. So, that's the thing with, I'm like, who else are you going to vote for? I mean, the Lakers, like I probably would have voted for the Lakers because you didn't trade Russell Westbrook or you haven't yet. And cool. You signed some guys around the edges. Like you basically brought back the same team. And so I, I just, I guess I would have voted for the Lakers. There's just no runaway this. I think Dallas was the easiest one because Brunson stuff got so much attention and it wasn't a ton of players who switched teams. So it's like, all right, Dallas is the default pick. Who cares? Whatever. Um, most surprising move of the offseason. Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. Yeah, that's pretty surprising. Uh, Russ still being a Laker sh still shocks me. And the whole stuff of like Russ and Beverly, hey, they're practicing, you know, they're ready to play together. That stuff, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure that that's what they're telling people. I just don't. That's just going to be so much fun to watch. And then Dallas not getting any love when it comes to, you know, West champs, NBA champs, uh, no votes for that. You know, when it comes to the executives, scouts and coaches that was pulled for this. Um, I'm not reading a ton into this just because, I mean, we've, the Clippers are going to be the favorites in the West. Like that's a given. I think even the top four seeds of the West are going to be for a lot of people kind of locked in there um, on a, a top three. Let me just say top three, the Clippers, Suns, and Warriors. I feel like those three teams for everybody going into the season will be kind of locked in. Um, I think Denver for some people, you know, Denver got a vote in this for West champs. I, I really like Denver's off season. So I think a lot of people will probably pencil them in at four. Dallas could be there for, for some people, but I think those top three in the West will be, kind of written in for a lot it kind of surprised me that the clippers ran away with this vote over the suns um but i kind of get it i think they're one of the deepest teams we've seen over the past few years and Kawhi's back healthy so i get that bucks in the boston celtics in the east and so anyway that's kind of where we're sitting there with this um with where we're at with the conferences going into next season Guys, I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm just ready for Eurobasket. We're at 27 minutes. It's time to wrap up shop. Let's do this thing. Let's get some basketball back in our lives. ESPN Plus, 10-15 tomorrow. Make sure you watch. Make sure you tune in to Lockdown Maps tomorrow night. Nick and myself will be back covering this first game, first win. Last time I did this, I said the Wings were going to win, and then they lost. So if I jinx Slovenia, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But let's do this. Let's watch Luka Doncic play some basketball once again. Peace out. Boom.